Would you turn again, please, to Hebrews, the third chapter? Hebrews chapter 3. Before we get into the Word and get focused in that, let me just say on behalf of Phyllis and myself how thankful we are to be with you in these meetings again. Thank you for the uh, respect for the Word. You know, this subject, this topic is not necessarily what everybody would like to hear, but there's been enough uh, maturity and respect for the Word that that has not been a problem. Anybody in here say, I love the Word? Do you love the Word? That means all the Word. Right? And uh, we don't just need to pick out a couple of verses or topics and focus only on them. We need the whole counsel of God. And uh, the truth is, sometimes we need corrected. And uh, if you will receive correction, adjustments will be made, judgment will be averted, and destruction will be prevented. And uh, you'll find and feel your place. I know uh, in our own life, Phyllis and my own life, there have been a handful of times in these past 30 years that we could have missed the plan of God. That, uh, you know, you're, after the flesh, you didn't want to do something that you needed to do. And you were going to have to submit to do it. And you're going to have to uh, receive correction and humble yourself. And submit. I know I already said that word, but I'm going to say it again. And submit. (laughs) And uh, that's an unpopular word, isn't it? Submit. But uh, it's in the Bible. And it's important. And uh, you'll hear people sometimes say, oh, well, no, your submission is no problem for me. It's always been easy for me to submit. And I know right away they don't know a thing in the world about it because submission is not easy for anybody. It wasn't easy for the Lord Jesus. And if it wasn't easy for him, it's sure not going to be easy for you. And so uh, it requires you having to put your flesh under. It requires you actually suffering. Now that's probably even more unpopular word. <laughs> Particularly in our circles. Because, uh, you know, word and faith circles. Most folk don't like to hear that word suffer because they say, man, we've been redeemed from that. We've been redeemed from suffering. Well, we've been redeemed from suffering the curse of the law. But just to say we've been redeemed from any and all suffering is not true. The scripture said they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. How many plan on living right and living godly? Well, then there's no question about it. You're going to suffer some persecution. Is it going to be fun? No. How many believe in the hundredfold? (laughs) Did you know that comes with some persecution? (laughs) Have you found that out? You know? He said, did receive a hundredfold now in this time with persecutions. And you know, uh, of all the things that that we've taught, we've come under the most fire for that is about anything. I mean, there's something about prosperity that the devil just cannot stand. (laughs) Makes him so mad. And there's some people, bless their hearts, they just yielded to the devil to the point where 
they just can't stand that rich preachers are breathing the same air that they are. I'm telling you, it just chafes them every moment of the day. But uh, we're going to preach it anyway. And some people will despise us and some people will persecute us. But others will hear it and see it and go glory to God. I thought God was good like that. And I'm going to get that too. And they won't be insulted. They'll be inspired. Hallelujah. Can we take the heat from a few for the benefit of those who will be inspired and will come out of their poverty and enjoy the blessing of God? Yes, yes, and yes. Yes. So uh, there will be some things that we experience that are uncomfortable that's what suffer means you're experiencing things that are unpleasant inconvenient and uncomfortable and I can tell we're already off to a great start (laughs) this morning did you find Hebrews the third chapter Hebrews 3 verse 7 Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you will hear his voice, read that out loud with me, verse 8, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not. Enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. Well, this must be something we're to stay on top of if we're to exhort one another daily about this. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be what? Hardened. Through the deceitfulness of sin. For we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, say it again. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Are we to exhort one another daily and be on the watch that we don't harden ourselves? Hardening ourselves has to do with a refusal and a resistance and a rebellion. Look at Proverbs 29 again, please. Proverbs, actually, uh, we can read that verse in 28 again. Proverbs 28 and 13. It says, he that covers his sins, what will happen to him? Shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsakes them shall have mercy. Happy is the man that fears always, but he that hardens his heart shall fall into mischief or evil. Chapter 29 and verse 1. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed And that without remedy. Let me read the other translations to you again. The new century says, Whoever is stubborn after being corrected many times shall suddenly be hurt beyond cure. 
The English, today's English version says, if you get more stubborn every time you are corrected, one day you'll be crushed and never recover. The Living Bible says, the man who's often reproved but refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be broken and never have another chance. This is sobering, isn't it? That you or I could get ourselves in a place where there's no cure. There's no fixing it. Now, this didn't say because you hardened yourself one time, because you resisted one time. Being reproved many times. We saw this with Pharaoh. It's not just that he hardened himself one time and poof, judgment came and he was destroyed. No, over and over and over again. And he would relent when the pressure was on strong enough. He'd say, okay, all right, y'all can go. And then as soon as the frogs were gone, he'd say, no, I changed my mind. No, you misunderstood me. I didn't say you could go. <laughs> I was talking about we would talk about it. We would not, yeah. And he kept doing that until he and his were destroyed. And how many know it happened suddenly there at the Red Sea? And he didn't harden himself anymore after that, I guess. There was no cure. There was no fixing it. We purpose not to be that way. You must be corrected or you'll not... Uh, Stay in the course that God has for you, the plan that God has for you. The enemy intends through the weakness of your flesh, through your pride, that he can tempt you. And you will yield to rebellion and you'll yield to obstinacy and get yourself off course. And get yourself out of the will of God and out of the plan of God. Do you care about this this morning? Finding the plan of God is not nearly as mysterious as people make it out to be. It's not. Your father loves you. And he is very interested in getting you and keeping you on the course he has for you and in the place and plan he has for you. All you've got to do is hear and obey. Right? Right? Are you listening now? If you'll hear him and obey him, and just when he leads you to do something, do it, you will be at the right place at the right time. He'll see to it. I said he'll see to it by his grace. The danger is in you jumping out when he didn't tell you to change. Did you hear me now? In you changing when he didn't tell you to change, you being offended, you getting upset, you getting mad and leaving your place and changing the plan. And then after you told everybody out off and you walked out and you stomped out and you did this, now you want to come up with a new plan and get God to bless this. And he's not going to change for you. What will happen is now you'll be in his permissive will. And he still loves you. You're still going to heaven when you die. But you'll not enjoy the full blessing of the Lord. And you'll forfeit things that you should have had and enjoyed. 
I remember uh, Brother Hagin talking about one of the visions that he had with the master. And, and the Lord told him at that time he was entering into the first phase of his ministry. And he was surprised because he'd been in the ministry for years. <laughs> and he thought, the first phase? Because he'd pastored, what was it, 12 years already, I think it was. And, and he'd done all these things. And I'm just now. Entering into the first phase of my ministry. And he said the Lord told him yes. He said many of his ministers lived and died. And never entered into the first phase. Of what he had called them to do. He said that was also why many of them died young. Or premature. Healing belongs to us. Long life belongs to us. How many believe it? Prosperity Belongs to us. It is the perfect will of God. For every child of God. But if you're going to enjoy. The perfect will of God. For you. You have to do. The perfect will of God. Can I say that a different way? You have to find and follow. God's perfect plan. And will for your life. If you're going to enjoy the fullness of the blessings. If you only do partially the will of God. You're going to enjoy partially the blessing of God. Did you hear me? You will forfeit things. If you live outside the perfect will of God for half of your life. You're going to forfeit some things. You're not going to enjoy the prosperity you could have. You're not going to enjoy the health that you could have. Did you hear me? You could forfeit uh, some longevity that you should have. I remember in healing school some years ago, there was a couple that had been there with us for a few weeks. And he was such a dear man, so kind. Got to know him just a little bit over those weeks. And I was speaking and teaching during that time on the will of God. The plan of God. You know, the Lord says, seek me and live. And we were talking about, you know, the blessing of God is in the plan of God. Anybody with me on this or not? If you be willing and obedient, what will happen? You'll eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll still eat the good of the land. No, you won't. No, you won't. You'll forfeit For every disobedience that you perpetuate, it's going to cost. God still loves you. You're still saved. But if you persist in being obstinate and trying to do your own thing, it's going to cost you. You're going to forfeit some things. And so we talked about that. And uh, yielding yourself and yielding your life to God. And uh, at the end of a couple of weeks, that man came to me one afternoon after we'd spoken, crying. The anointing had been strong. He said, oh, Brother Keith. He said, that's it. He was sick. He was deathly ill. His wife was sick. They were both there in healing school together. They were a little bit older. And he said, that's it, Brother Keith. He said, she and I have been sick off and on our whole married life. We've struggled financially. And he said, I know, I know as a young man, the Lord called me 
to be a missionary to China. And he told me where to go. And he said, I've never been. He said, uh, my wife, she said, I'm not going. If you go and you're going without me. And he said, I just couldn't stand to leave her. So he said, we love each other. We know God loves us. And we've had a, a decent life by some standards. But he said, I know. I know we've forfeited so much. We've missed so much because I know I hadn't been in the perfect will of God these years. He said, we've been sick. We've been broke. We've struggled. Tell me where the full blessing of God is. Where is it? It's in the perfect will of God. And you can't come up with another plan and substitute it for that and enjoy the full blessing. Because your plan can't, God's never going to say, well, hey, I like your plan, fine. I hadn't thought about doing it that way, but that'd be great. We'll just, let's just forget my plan and we'll do it. Never going to happen. Never. <laughs> uh, turn with me, please, to Romans, the second chapter. In order to, to find Stay in, develop in, fulfill your divine place. You're going to be corrected. Did you hear me? There will be at least a handful of times throughout your life where there is major correction. Are you with me? And it won't be fun. And it won't be easy. And what the enemy will do at that point in your life is he will do his best to tempt you to jump out. To get out. To say, hey, I don't have to take this. I'm not putting up with this. I don't have to, you know, uh, be treated that way. You know, just because somebody treats you bad in a place doesn't mean you have permission to leave the place. Just because they miss God and act like a heathen and come down on you like a ton of bricks doesn't mean now the plan of God has changed and you can make it up yourself as you go along. (laughs) So many people are led into where they're supposed to be by the Spirit of God. And then not too much longer after they're led out by an offense. If you're being led by being hurt, being angry, you're not being led by the Spirit of God. And if you're being led by anger and being led by fear, you're being led by the enemy. Did you know that? You know where he's going to lead you? He's going to lead you away from the will of God. He's going to lead you out of the plan of God into destruction. And there will be some times when you'll be tempted I know Phyllis and myself, there's been a handful of times through these last 30 years. I'm thinking of a time or two myself that, man, I wanted to change. I wanted some things that happened and my emotions were raw. And I, I came and fell across the bed and put in a request for a transfer. And it came back, denied. 
<laughs> now, what are you going to do? It depends on who your Lord is. If you are your own Lord, then you do whatever you decide to do. If he's your Lord, you don't get to decide. (laughs) I said, if he's your Lord, you don't get to decide. Man, we've got so much rebellion in the body of Christ. Oh, we've got so much defiance and rebellion. People start jobs when they want to. They change them when they want to. And they change churches like they change shirts. They hook up with this one and that one. And they change just to be changing. Obvious, they are running their own life. And it's sad. Phyllis and I feel for the families of some of these folks that, I mean, this is, uh, God told me to do this. And so they rush off over here and three months later their money's gone and, and they say, no, I guess God didn't tell us to do that. So they're going to go over here. And, and in the last three years they've been in a dozen places. How many understand? God's not doing that to them. He's not throwing them all over the country. And the reason why it gets so confusing after a while is because they left the plan of God way back here. And they're not even considering going back to that. So they can't get it right. They can't find it because they're out of his perfect will. Where are you holding your place there? You better go to First Peter. <laughs> Fifth chapter. The theme of First Peter is suffering. Suffering and glory. Don't take my word for it. Read it carefully again sometime. A circle every time you see these words. Suffer or suffered or suffering or, or glory and you'll see. That's the theme. And in First Peter, the fifth chapter... And verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, be on the watch. Hebrews said, exhort one another daily. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Can he just come into your life and devour you anytime he decides to? No, he cannot. He cannot. If he could, he'd have consumed us, destroyed us a long time ago. He can't. He's got to get us to destroy ourselves. He's got to get us to work against ourselves. And verse 9, what must we do? Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Never get to thinking you're enduring some kind of a special intense persecution and attack. The same thing's happening in people all over the world. Other folks are just not crying about as much as you are, maybe. (laughs) Well, moving right along. Verse 10. But the God of all grace. You remember we shouted about grace? Last service or two, whatever it was. How many believe with enough grace, 
You can get through anything. With enough grace, you can receive anything. With enough grace, you can be and do and accomplish anything God has called you to do. With enough grace. The God of all grace who's called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you've suffered a while. Uh-huh. Read that part again. After that you've suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. How many like the perfected, established, strengthened, settled? When's it going to come? Huh? <laughs> How's it going to come? After you've suffered a while. Now you don't hear too much about this. In word and faith circles. But this is word. Is this word? Faith comes by hearing the word. You know, most people that in our circles are familiar with what we call the Ephesians prayers, the Colossians prayers, the Philippians prayers. Well, there are prayers in most of these epistles. This is a prayer right here. (laughs) Is it or not? Read it. Verse 10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you've suffered a while, make you. He's saying, the Lord make you. So I prayed this, well, along with the Ephesians prayers for myself, even back years ago. And I'd get to this part, and I'd want to leave that out. (laughs) I just want to say, Lord, the God of all grace, who's called me to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, uh, make me perfect. (laughs) Establish me. Strengthen me, settle me. But how many of you not supposed to just pick pieces out of verses and ignore other parts? So I knew I had to read the whole thing and had to pray the whole thing. And I almost cringe every time I pray it. After I have suffered a while. You know, Brother Kenneth Hagin, E. Hagin, has a book entitled Must Christians Suffer? Have you read it? Must Christians suffer? And in he talks about, among other things, he says, would you, and I've heard him say this publicly and privately, would you like to know why I'm settled today? And uh, the man was. I mean, I had opportunity to see him close up and privately and publicly, and he was not a yo-yo Christian. He was not up. And down and in and out. I mean, have you ever heard him speak? More than once? Did it remind you of the same yesterday, today, and forever? Well, he just like that in private. Just like that. And he said, would you like to know why I'm settled, why I'm established? And he was. He said, it's because I've suffered. And then usually he'd go on to tell about, he said, every church I pastored was a troubled church. (laughs) 
And he'd describe how uncomfortable they were. He'd say, you know, they'd had this huge falling out and strife and part of the group sit on one side and, and other parts sit on the other and wouldn't sit on each other's place and sit there and glare at each other and, and he'd prepare all week and have something in his heart and preach his heart out to get it out and it just feel like a rubber ball. It hit the back of the wall, bounced back and hit him in the face and, and just, somebody say hard. 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 Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And a lot of times after the morning service and the evening service, they'd come back home and him and Miss Aretha would be laying down to go to sleep and he said he'd tell her, you know, if I didn't know, God told us to be here. If I didn't know he called us to be here, I'd go get a U-Haul right now. Back it up to the parsonage and load that thing up. We'd be gone in the morning. They'd say, where'd Brother Hagin go? A lot of people didn't just say, if I didn't know. A lot of people just got out. Because there is this misconception nowadays that if there's any difficulty, it must not be God. Oh, this is no fun. So it can't be God. These people don't like me. So it can't be God. So the mentality of many is, if it gets hot in the kitchen, (laughs) gettest thou out the kitchen. People do. They think, oh man, that means this must not be the will of God. Get out. Get out. Get out. It's uncomfortable. They didn't treat me right. They weren't nice to me. And such and such and such and such happened and I don't like that and, and so this can't be. And so they change and they get out rather than have to submit and stay and suffer. And what is the suffering? It's not suffering with sickness and disease. It's not suffering being broke and can't pay your bills. It's suffering not getting your way. You want to go. You really, really, really want to go. And you have to stay. Or you want to stay. You really want to stay. You really like it here. But you have to go. And you truly are a person who's yielded your life to the Lordship of Jesus. And you are no longer running your life. Many people that confess Jesus as their Savior, the truth is He is not their Lord. They make their plans. They change things the way it suits them. He is not running their life. He's not in charge of their life. They are. And because of that, they're going to forfeit some of the plan and will of God for their life. They're going to forfeit. Many of them will not live a full length of days. Many of them will have a lot more trouble with sickness than they should have had to deal with to overcome. Many of them, their provision and finances won't be, you know, a half what it should have been. If you want the full blessing of God, help me out. Help me out. What must you do? You must submit to the perfect will of God and stay in the perfect will of God. And there will be times when that will be uncomfortable. Won't it? There'll be times when that'll be uncomfortable. I know a friend of mine some years ago, we'll not use any names here, had just finished building a church. Building is very nice. They had worked themselves silly with their own hands and 
they called the uh, Ministerial Association. Uh, this was around Christmas time or right after, I guess it was the first of the year. And said, uh, you better send somebody up here, take this thing. I'm leaving. <laughs> and the fellow that was in charge at that time, he said, what? What? I thought y'all just got this new facility in. He said, yeah, I'm going. Better get somebody up here. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, tell me what's going on. What happened? He said, these people don't appreciate us. They don't care whether we're here or not. We've been laying our life down for all these years. We work night and day. They don't care. They could care less. They don't appreciate us. I'm leaving. Get somebody else. He said, what brought this on? He said, well, you know, we just finished all this building project. We've been up here night and day. and, And the whole church got together and wanted to give my wife and I a Christmas present. And he said, do you know what the whole church pulled together and got us? I said, no. A five by seven picture of Jesus. <laughs> the whole church pitched in and got them a five by seven picture of Jesus. He said, I've had it. These people, they don't care a thing in the world about us. They don't appreciate us. We're leaving. He said, well, okay, I hear what you're saying. He said, but now wait a minute. I thought you told me. He said, I remember when you went there and the experience you had that the Lord sent you there and told you to go there. Has he told you to leave and go somewhere else? Well, I don't know, but but I'm leaving. You better get somebody... You better get some better. Now here, this is dangerous. Can y'all see this? This is dangerous. Now, no needness of judging him because we all got flesh just like that. And maybe that series of things might not press your buttons like that, but there's something that will. There's something that can, that can get you to the point where your flesh is saying, hey, I've had it. I don't, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I don't have to do this. But if the Lord says for you to do it, you do have to put up with it. Unless you're just going to be rebellious. And he said, well, let's go over the skin now. The Lord sent you there. I remember your experience. It's supernatural. And he's blessed you and raised up a church and you got this new facility. Yeah, yeah, I know. Has he told you to leave? Hmm. You better get somebody up here, I'm telling you. How many stand? this is just flesh talking? Right? <laughs> he said, well now, did the Lord tell you to go up there unless they don't appreciate you? Is there a lack of appreciation clause <laughs> in God's contract with you? That if their appreciation of you is not up to this standard, then you are therefore released from all your responsibilities and it's all out the window. No, the Lord never told you any such thing and he's not going to. In fact, he told you that you were to submit not only to the kind and gentle, but first Peter says also to the froward. Oh, we're having fun now, aren't we? (laughs) You're right there, Peter, aren't you? 
Back up. Second chapter. Verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but what? Also to the froward. What is froward? Harsh. One says surly. One says overbearing. This is not nice. If people are not nice to you, does it release you from your place? In fact, Ecclesiastes says, if the anger of the ruler rises up against you, leave not your place. Everybody say, leave not your place. place. Y'all looking at me like you never heard that before. Go to Ecclesiastes. (laughs) Ecclesiastes 10. We're word people now, aren't we? Huh? Just a few verses of the word here and there, or do we accept all the word? We accept all the word. Ecclesiastes 10th chapter. 10 and 4. What does it say? If the spirit of the rule, that could also be translated anger. If the anger of the ruler rise up against you, what do you do? What do you do? You don't have to take that. (laughs) Huh? Grab your stuff and get out of there. Don't let somebody treat you like that. The Lord didn't tell you you had to be a doormat for anybody. Huh? You're an American. (laughs) Am I right? You're free. You don't have to put up with that. Somebody takes that tone with you. <laughs> Tell me what the Bible said don't do. What did the Bible say don't do? If they get mad at you, if they come down on you, what does the Bible say? What did the Bible say? Tell me again, what did the Bible say? One more time, what did the Bible say? Leave not your place. Why? Because... Just because they had a bad day, that doesn't mean the plan of God has changed. Just because they failed to walk in love or wisdom doesn't mean God has changed his mind about where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. Are y'all with me now? And the enemy, he doesn't care about them and he doesn't care about you. He just wants you and me and all of us out of the will of God, out of the plan of God, so that we bear no fruit. We are not effective in reaching anybody for him. Friend, there's a place where you fit, where you belong, that you are graced to be and do. And you will function and flourish and bear fruit and be satisfied and be a blessing in that place like no other. So what's the devil's objective? Keep you out of that place. Where that even though you're saved, if you're out of your place, you're out of your grace. And so you'll just operate minimally. You'll have a little bit of results, but nothing compared to what you could have and be if you were in your place and operating in your full grace. Do you understand? You're going to have to dedicate yourself to stay in your place. That there are forces at work to get you out. 
to get you offended, to get you mad, to get you hurt. Can you see this? There are forces at work. The devil will do whatever he can to get you bent out of shape and upset and get you to get mad and get hurt and jump out and leave. Anything to get you out of your place. But friend, you got to make up your mind, even if a hurricane's going on, get your anchors deep (laughs) and say, there's only one way I'm getting out of here. The Lord is directing me and I was led in by the Lord. I will be led out by the Lord. I will not be led out because somebody got mad or somebody got sad or somebody got hurt. I am not going to let my emotions lead me or my fears lead me or my anger. No matter what happens, don't be rash. I don't care how mad you are, how upset you are, how hurt you are. You can come back tomorrow and quit if you want to. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying or not? What am I saying? Do not do something rashly and just out of anger go, well, you know what? You know what? I quit. (laughs) Oh, you had your little say. You had your little moment. Now what? Now what? What are you leaving? And what are you going to? Have you even thought about where you're going? And what you're going to do? No, you didn't care. Because you were mad. And when I get mad, mm, when you get mad, what? (laughs) The earth is still turning. (laughs) People bless their hearts. You know, they think everything's centered around them. Y'all going to cry when you don't have me. You'll find out what I've been doing around here. Yeah, and you'll find out what it's like to be out of the will of God. Friend, you ought to want to be where you're supposed to be, even if nobody appreciates you at all. (laughs) Even if nobody cares whether they want you to be there or not. If that's your place, you ought to care. You ought to be just happy to be there. Well, three people think it's okay. Hallelujah. The scripture said don't turn there but just listen to it. Second Chronicles 30 verse 8 says, Now be ye not stiff-necked, but yield yourselves unto the Lord. Go back to Romans now. I think we can look at Romans now. Romans the second chapter. Brother Hagin had said, why was he established and settled? It's because he had suffered. He wasn't talking about suffering being sick. God healed him. He wasn't talking about suffering being broke. God taught him about prosperity. But he did suffer having to stay in places where it was uncomfortable. <laughs> he did suffer having to stay in assignments where it was tough. But during that, he developed. I said during that, he developed. And he became perfected. He became established. He became strong. He became settled. How many want to be strong? 
You want to be settled. You want to be established. Well, it's not going to come by everything just being breezy and easy. It'll come by you learning to control your emotions and your anger and your feelings and you staying where you're supposed to stay and sticking it out and getting through. You'll learn things doing that that you cannot learn any other way. And how many know we live in a generation and society of quitters? Right? I mean, if it ain't easy and it don't happen in the first day or two, they, oh, well, this can't be right. No, some things are not fun. That's a revelation I know to a lot of people, but some things are not fun and they're not easy and you just have to stay after it and stay after it and your flesh is screaming, I don't want to do this anymore. You say, shut up. Nobody asked you. Shut up. The Lord sent me here and I'm staying here unless and until he says something else and I'm not going to let myself invent that he's saying something else. Because people use that all the time, don't they? They've been there three days in the sun country. So I believe the Lord is saying that I should leave. They're just lying. They're just making this up because it's convenient. No, you got to stick it through. You got to see it through. And when you do, something happens in you. You get strong. Things don't move you like they used to. You know, there's a number of things in my life I wouldn't go through again for huge sums of money. You could try to tempt me and I'd just go, no, I'll forget it. Keep your money. No. Because it, whoa, it was not fun. It was hard. But you know, on the other hand, I wouldn't take anything for some of the things that developed in me because now a lot of little stuff don't move me. Because I've been through big stuff. I mean, know what I'm talking about. When you've been through a hurricane... A 30 mile an hour wind just don't even catch your attention. I mean, what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're like, people go, whoa, it's windy out here today. You go, huh? Been through hurricanes, man. This ain't windy. <laughs> and the same thing, people go, man, this is hard. And you'll go, what? This ain't hard. But the thing is, they don't know what hard is. Because anytime it started to get hard, they got out. They ran. They felt led. To do something else. (laughs) And friend, we got millions of believers like this. And some of them been born again for 30, 40 years. And they're still babies. Babies, babies. They've never grown up. They've never developed. Because when are you going to be perfected? When are you going to be perfected? When are you going to be established and strengthened and settled? Tell me when. When? After you've suffered a while. I know your flesh don't like to hear that any more than mine does. But the results are great. The results are good. You know what it says about the master? Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience. By what? Anybody remember the scripture? By the things he suffered. And that's not talking about what he suffered in our stead as our substitute, but what he suffered as our example. How many remember him in the garden? Sweating blood. And what's he saying? 
not my will. If there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Is he wanting to do this after himself? No, no. If there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But what did he come back to? Was he strong? Could he put his feelings aside? Yes. Do you want to be like the master? You want to be strong? Well, it's not going to come by somebody laying hands on you. Huh? It's not going to come just by you praying night and day. You got to stay put where you're supposed to stay put. And you're going to encounter some things that are uncomfortable. And the Lord's not doing it to you, but he's allowing it. Think about it. Think about it. Loins girt with truth. Breastplate of righteousness on. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Helmet of salvation. Shield of faith. Sword of the spirit. Now what if you had nothing to overcome? You, you all dressed up and nowhere to go. Nothing to do. So the Lord left us some devils and curse and crazy people to practice on and prove our weapons. You got to have, so if you're going to get strong, you got to overcome. To overcome, you got to have something to come over. The Bible said endure hardness as good soldiers. We got men and women in the field today protecting us, defending us. Are you thankful for it? They'd rather be at home. Hmm? They'd rather be with their family. They'd rather be eating at mama's house. Right? They got up in a place that's not their place. They have to go places that's not safe. But how many understand? They're not cowards. Is it fun? No, it's not fun. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But they get up and they put their, their armor on and they get their weapons and get in their vehicles and they go through places where they know people want to kill them. Well, friend, if they can do that for a natural kingdom... Why can't we have some strength about us? Instead of being a bunch of whiny babies. And anytime something a little uncomfortable, we can't handle it. We got to get out. How many know, even if it's tough, even if it's hard, get up. Get up. Put your arm around. Face it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Get through it. It needs to be done. Get it done. It needs to be done. In a little while, we'll all be out of here. This is not going to last long. This is our tour of duty. It is. The Lord didn't tell us this was all going to be easy. Did he? He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what? But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Didn't he? They that live godly, they're going to suffer some persecution. There's going to be some difficulty. I think some people got the wrong idea. They thought, well, man, if you got enough faith, you just fly through life and not have any problems. The Lord never said any such thing. He said you could overcome every obstacle. You could win every battle with your faith. He didn't say you wouldn't have any. He told you you would have some. But 
He uses, even though he's not in the evil, he he has the ability through his great wisdom and power and grace to cause everything, even that stuff, to turn out for our good. Hallelujah. And we can actually, what the enemy meant to destroy us with, we can use it to get strong on. Make the devil wish he had picked somebody else. Did you know we're not just conquerors? We're more than conquerors. What does that mean, more than conquerors? Well, conqueror means you win. More means you do more than win. When I think about this, I think about Brother Hagin. He was dying at age 15 and 16. Best doctors in the country said there's no hope for him. And he found out about healing. And he came up off that bed, found out about Mark 11, 22 and 23 and 24. Somebody say glory to God. God. He believed he received his healing. Come out of there. Somebody say conquered. 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 But you know, he did more than that. I said he did more than that. Then for the next, what, 60 some years, preached the truth all over the world. That you've been redeemed too. And you can believe God and overcome. Don't you know that decade after the decade. The devil's going. Man I wish I'd have put that on somebody else. If I could just put that on somebody. That would have just died with it. You know. Not only did he have to get healed. But he's got to go all over the world. And tell everybody. That the devil wasn't big enough to kill him. And couldn't do it. And what faith in God would do. How many understand? That's not just winning. That's making your enemy eat it. For the next 60 years. And you can do it too. But you can't be weak. You can't be weak. You can't be a complainer. You can't be one that jumps and runs every time something gets a little bit tough. No, when something hits you, when something faces you, you need to be a pillar. You need to have your soul anchored in Jesus. Right? And everybody else may run, but you're not running. Everybody else may bail, but you're not bailing. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Come on. And the I don't care how big it is and how bad it is. You just need to say, devil, hey, you picked the wrong one. You picked the wrong one. Because I will not roll over for you. I will not lay down for you. I don't have to. Greater is he that's in me. And friend, if you'll do that, you stand your ground. How many of the Bible said he always causes us to triumph? And through that victory, you will grow. How many know it? Having faced it, having overcome, you learn things. Look at Romans. Where are you? Romans 2? Well, Romans 5. Look at Romans 5. It's like I'm not going to need these notes today. Thank you, Lord. You know, for years, when I first started preaching, you know, we learned about side journeys from Brother Hagin. And uh, you'd take a side journey, you'd go, and, and I'd say, this is not my message, but, this is not my message, but, I must have said that hundreds of times. Well, this is not my message. One day I said that, and the Lord said, if I say that's your message, that's your message. I said, uh, yes, sir, that's, of course, correct. Doesn't make any difference what I studied or I thought if he says that's it, then that's what it is. In Romans 5, 
How many know he is the boss? He's supposed to be the boss. He is the boss. He's the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the one in charge. The Bible said in uh, Romans 5 and 3, he said, not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Huh? Do you? Hmm? <laughs> Come on, let me remind you, we're word people. I'm gonna, you don't get any more word than Romans. You're right in the middle of the New Testament. Romans. <laughs> Say it out loud. We glory, we glory in, tribulations. in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation works patience. And patience works experience. And results in an experience works and results in hope. Hope is expectation. And that confident expectation makes not a shame. We glory in tribulations. You know, Paul talked about this when he said his grace is sufficient. He said he'd glory in those things that were his infirmities. He said, because when I'm weak. That's when I'm strong. When I reach the end of my ability, that's when I tap into divine ability. I tap into the power of God. But see, if you run instead of face it, you'll never tap into that. You'll never experience that. If you avoid all the conflict and discomfort, you'll never experience this. But every time you do, and maybe it lasts longer than you wanted it to, and it was harder than you wanted it to be, but you endure... And you keep believing God. And you submit. And even if you get mad, you keep your mouth shut. Even if you want to quit, you don't. And you overcome. Your patience has been worked and exercised and developed. It's like a muscle. You don't need to pray for patience. A lot of people say, oh, don't worry. I would never pray for patience. That's a wrong idea too. That if you were to ever ask for patience, then God's going to do all this terrible stuff in your life and you have to have patience. No, no. Don't pass up opportunities to exercise it though. Because you don't have any more faith than you do patience. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. It's not enough to just have faith and believe God. How many know you got to believe God until? That's where the patience comes in. A lot of people can believe God like a house of fire for three days and nights. But then when it don't happen right away, they begin to get weary and their confidence begins to wane. No, you got to have enough persistence and patience to stay just as excited day 150 as you were the first day. Maybe more. That takes strength to do that, doesn't it? So none of these things move me. It was Bible six months ago, and it's just as much Bible right now. It reads exactly the same. God said it three years ago, and it hasn't changed one iota. I'm believing it. I'm standing. That's one of the things that impresses me the most about God is his patience. 
Oh, brother, your patience and mine is got out the window and long gone. And his is just barely beginning. He'll say something. Sure enough, 3,000 years later. <laughs> it'll come to pass. Somebody say patience. That is impressive. That is impressive. And we are his children. And we're told to be imitators of God as dear children. Read it again. Tribulation works. Patience. Patience. Experience. And after you overcome time after time, you've been there before. I said you've been there before. You know, it's easier for me at this point in my life to believe for millions in the ministry than it was to believe for a few hundred back decades ago when I first got started. Why? Well, every time, you know, the devil's got the same old stuff. He's not coming up with anything new. He really doesn't need to. It's working just fine with most people. <laughs> but, but every time you need money, he will come and tell you. Not going to get it this time. You heard that too. He'll tell you, no, nah, yeah, nah, nah, you ain't going to work. I don't, where are you going to get this? There ain't nowhere to get it. And it's not going to happen. And you're not going to get it. But when you've been there before. And you heard that the last 1,330 times. <laughs> you just kick back and relax and go, I didn't believe it last time. I didn't believe it the last thousand times. And I don't believe it now. I believe my God shall supply all my needs. And you start rehearsing. He came through for us on that. And he came through for us on that. And he came. How many understand what's going on? What, what has happened? Huh? That patience has worked and resulted in experience. And that experience has worked and resulted in expectation. No matter what you're seeing and feeling, you've been there before. You've been there before. You've been through it before. How many understand? Can you see what's going on? You suffered coming through some of that stuff, but you came through it and now you're perfected. You're established. It takes more than that to blow you around, move you around. Oh, are y'all with me or not? People just getting started, any little old thing will rattle their cage. Well, I believe I received my healing. They go to the doctor. He found a new symptom. Oh, no. Why isn't this working? And if you've been through some stuff before, you say, oh, come on. Just one symptom? Doesn't mean a thing. Oh, well, so-and-so happened in the economy and this and that, and we're trying to believe for our money. What are we going to do now? What do you mean? What are we going to do now? They're hollering about a 20 mile an hour wind. Oh, come on. Can you see this? No, man, this ain't no wind. This is no wind. And you become unmoved. And a friend, life becomes more enjoyable. Because you just don't worry. I wish I could get somebody with me here this morning. Huh? Don't quit on me yet. Say it out loud. We just, we just don't, don't worry. You get strong. You get established. 
you get settled. Hallelujah. You've seen it before. You've heard it before. Hallelujah. And you are not moved by every wind of doctrine. You're not moved by every changing circumstance. You just, it just, it doesn't move you. It doesn't phase you. You get to where a lot of stuff just don't even register on you. You say, oh, did you see that? It won't come to pass. Now you say, huh? It won't come to pass. (laughs) Heaven and earth may pass away. But this word will come to pass. I like what Paul said. Go to Acts. You need to read it. I think I'm closing. I've used this in my personal life repeatedly. What is the 20th chapter? Acts 20. Paul has been through some stuff. You ever read the list of stuff he's been through? Huh? <laughs> he's been beat. Not just beat. He had to list off different ways he's been beat. <laughs> different instruments they used. He's bobbed up and down out in the middle of the ocean like a cork. He's been betrayed by false brethren. He's been stoned and left for dead. Now, I assure you, they didn't quit throwing rocks until they were sure he was dead. And got up and walked back in to the place. Now, you might think it's time to get out of town. (laughs) And at this particular time, the Spirit of God's warning him, That when you go up to Jerusalem, bonds and afflictions are waiting on you. And his own close friends are crying and going, please, Paul, don't go. Don't go. And even you got some theologians that say, well, Paul's a great man, but here's one time he missed it. He did not miss it here. The Lord had told him when he got saved. Didn't he? About what things he's going to suffer for his name's sake. He's going to bear his name before the kings and Gentiles, right? And that's how it happened. And he said, verse 23, 22, Behold, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except the Holy Ghost is witnessing in every city, saying, Bonds and afflictions abide me, are waiting on me when I get there. And then he started crying and said, y'all pray for me. <laughs> you know, I've been beat so many times and I've been laid up in the, in the prison cells and, and it's hard. It's hard. Y'all pray for me. I don't want to go through any more of this. Aren't you glad that's not in there? What did he say? Oh, don't you like this? Don't you like, what did he say? He said, but none of these things move me. Oh, I want you to stand up right now and say that out loud. I want you to say it out loud. Say it out loud. None of these things move me. Had the man been through some stuff? Huh? Did the tribulation work patience in him? Did the patience work experience? 
Did the experience work and result in some expectation? What can you see in him? He said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Well, what if you get killed over there, Brother Paul? He said, well, what if I do? People are too afraid to die. There are many things worse than dying. One of them is living as a coward. Much better to die in faith than to live as a coward. No. What if you die? Well, what if I die? Well, I've been wanting to see what my place looks like in glory. (laughs) What if I die? Close your eyes. Has there been anything harassing you in your life? Anything bugging you? Anything bothering you? I want you to say it out loud. None of these things things move me. me. Say it again. None of these things things move me. me. Say it together. None of these things move me. Say it out loud. I'm staying in my place. I'm staying the course. course. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Having done all to stand. I will stand by the grace of God, by the greater one inside. I will overcome. I always triumph in Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Lift up your hands. Let's worship him some more. Let's praise him some more. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.